and welcome to CogCast, Cognito's podcast where we talk to journalists and media pros on everything that's happening in the world of media and PR. I'm Larissa Padden, your host this episode and a former journalist turned PR professional. Today, we are very lucky to have Vartan Badalian from GreenBiz with us. Vartan originally joined GreenBiz Group as the transportation analyst and is now the publication's director in the space. Vartan is very passionate about his work and personal mission to transform the transportation industry and works across on-road vehicle decarbonization, aviation, maritime, and more. He is joining us today to discuss his views on EVs and sustainability progress, which is very timely as COP28 is set to launch this week as well. Welcome, Vartan. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. So as I mentioned in the introduction, you are an analyst at GreenBiz. Can you give us an overview of what you do there, what you're currently focused on, and how that differs from a journalist? Sure thing. So GreenBiz is kind of a unique position in the media landscape. It functions across a couple or many different laterals, I would say. One of them is the media side of GreenBiz. We're a traditional journalist function, and we have a number of journalists in-house that are writing articles that are across many different topics in climate. The analysts sit in a different kind of lateral within GreenBiz that function as, I would say, thought leaders and experts within their specific areas that have industry knowledge, robust industry knowledge in a specific topic. So I sit within the climate tech team, as you call it internally, that focuses on all things such as buildings, carbon markets, transportation, energy, and so forth. Then we have the green finance community as well. We have analysts in the green finance kind of space. We have analysts in the ESG sustainability space. So analysts typically function as, as thought leaders who are experts on that topic and they share their thoughts on. Sometimes that can get kind of confusing in the public space because we do publish articles, but there are more our thoughts and what we're seeing happen in the industry mm-hmm. and we in the conversations that we have with companies and experts alike on, on various topics. Okay, so it sounds like functionally you still speak to sources, and as you said, you publish articles. Mm-hmm. So when you're covering a story, what kind of information do you look for, and what will turn a conversation with a source into an article? Yeah, I think it really stems down to, based on everything happening in X market or X area for that individual, that analyst at GreenBiz, is the company or the source doing something that's actually innovative within that space. For example, for my spectrum in transport, covering all things transportation at GreenBiz, the areas that I focus on stem around what's innovative, what's pushing the bounds, what a company is doing that's right to progress the industry forward. And then I seek out companies to speak to around that sphere of innovation. So it's mostly just what actions are the companies doing that, that, that we believe is right mm-hmm. and that others believe is right too, based on all the conversations that we have with various individuals in the industry. And then from there, it kind of like trickles up mm-hmm. and stuff trickles down. Interesting. So I know you're very passionate about sustainability within the transportation space. So how has that conversation evolved over this past year? I have a unique position where when people say transportation and sustainability, Mm -hmm. they often only think about one area of transportation. Mostly they think about vehicles, for example, electric Mm -hmm. vehicles. It's what comes to mind mostly for people. I'm under the position where I cover not just road vehicles, but aviation as well, maritime shipping, trains, and everything else that basically moves and creates emissions. So within all those different areas, there's a lot that I could mention right now, but some of the things that kind of stand out to me is we are seeing serious industry collaboration happen in the aviation space to address 
the shortage of sustainable aviation fuel. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, really promising to see. And a serious attention to how do we scale sustainable aviation fuel. That's super amazing because mm -hmm. that's what the industry needs to reach net zero by 2050. And the transportation space, there's just so much happening on fleets decarbonizing their operations by adopting electric vehicles, which you're just seeing happen at scale. And right now, a lot with like, trucks, mm -hmm. which is also just great. Oh, I, could I could talk your ear off for hours about what's exciting this year, but I think that it all comes down to the fact that the industry, from an emissions perspective, is moving, and mm -hmm. it's moving to decarbonize as quickly as possible. And actually, I forget the source that just said it, but a report came out recently, I think a week or two ago, looking at all the various sectors mm -hmm. in the lead up to COP, and transportation is the only industry that I think is on track mm -hmm. with net zero. So Interesting. I know when I was a reporter, a lot of times you're so deep in a certain topic that it kind of feels like you're in an echo chamber. How much is the mass audience really taking it in and how much do they really care? But I was on an airplane. I can't remember the airline, but now I'm seeing more and more they advertise on like the pre-recorded video that they show you, mm -hmm. you know, their goals and efforts around sustainable aviation fuel. So it, I feel like when conversations reach a mass audience like that, you feel like it's really making an impact. Some of that, I have a little bit of Skepticism? Skepticism <laughs> over, for sure. Because a lot of it, when it's portrayed to the public space, at least from the aviation industry, it often is done in a way where, I forget the airline that did it recently, but they had pushback over it because they portrayed themselves as already being net zero, but that was through credits. Mm. And that is just not a correct way. So it gives the consumer a false perception of what the reality actually is. Mm -hmm. But it's good that they're talking about it. That's, mm. uh, I think, a good thing that they'd be doing. Keeping on conversations, I know when I was still out there reporting, it was pre-pandemic, and I found a lot of my sources through going to conferences and live events, which obviously was much more difficult when that went away. Mm -hmm. But I think we can say that events are fully back in person now. This year, when you were at conferences, what were some of the worth it events, particularly in terms of strong conversations, and what made them worthwhile? Yeah, I'm not going to plug our own events. I won't do that because GreenBiz does do events. Yeah, I'm going to plug uh, that later, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> there were a number of events that I've gone to this year that were actually quite amazing. But I think we're also in like a moment of post-COVID mm -hmm. event like surge. Where I think now we're going to go back down to like normalcy of like what people attend and whatnot, what's worth their time. I attended CES for the first time this year in mm -hmm. 2023 in the beginning in January. And I had some amazing conversations from a tech perspective with people right. in, in transportation. Again, a lot of it was focused on EVs mm -hmm. and less so on other areas of transportation, mm -hmm. but that's the consumer focus of the consumer electronics show, so obviously that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But from an industry perspective, ACT Expo, I think was the place where, again, a lot of consumer, a lot of uh, fleets, individuals were focused on. So companies, the, the most Fortune 100 companies of the world were all there showcasing or attending or participating in some fashion to understand how they can decarbonize their, their vehicles. So. The conversations there, I think, are really tangible, where you see technology and you see how companies are implementing that technology, and you see how you can reduce your emissions. I think that's where the most conversations happen. Okay. Are there any that you plan to attend already in 2024 or that you would advise people in this space to attend? Like I said, the landscape is changing. What's worthwhile to attend in 2024 might be different than what was 2023. I, for sure, personally, will be attending less mm -hmm. for a number of different reasons, largely because prioritizing different different efforts and whatnot. But I think ACT Expo is, once again, one I would attend from a, from a transportation perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can't speak to none for right now, but I'm also in the mindset of like scaling down mm -hmm. at the end of the year to then scale back up in January. We work with a couple conferences and we definitely have seen the competition to get 
journalists to attend was harder this year than it was the year before. And I think yeah, you're right. It's part of that post-pandemic boom has gone away. Yeah, More competition. Exactly. Yep. So here's where I will plug your event. GreenBiz has GreenBiz24 coming up next year. Can you give us an idea of what the type of attendees are, what kind of speakers you're looking for, and maybe a little peek into what that process is. How can people apply? What do you look for in a speaker? Yeah, so I actually don't work on Green Biz at all. So my focus, in the larger sense, focuses on the Climate Tech event, Verge, which already happened in October. But the colleagues, I work closely with the colleagues who do put on Green Biz, and the way they find speakers is very, is very similar to how our other events happen. I would say there are three different sp- they, ways companies can get involved in Green Biz mm-hmm. or any of our other events. One is through the submission portal on the website, which closes well in advance right now. It's already closed, but people can submit their session topic they want to speak on and what company is actually submitting. Another venue or a way to get in front of Green Biz is through just engaging in these kind of conversations with us, like ha- connecting with analysts pitching a story for an article or something, or just having a good conversation in general on background is a really good way of getting in front of our eyes and just understanding how, sharing what you're doing and what you think is innovative. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two main ways that companies can get involved. Mm-hmm. And then it's really just us kind of like seeing what's happening in the space and putting sessions together and understanding in that year what's most important to talk about and then building sessions around it. Great, so it sounds like it's part kind of throughout the year building that relationship with GreenBiz so that when opportunities do arise, there is kind of already a knowledge base of what this person could bring to a panel or a conversation. 100%. And then obviously is the, that those two ways are the earned methods. There's obviously the sponsorship route where companies can sponsor and then they get themselves put into a session mm-hmm. that an analyst creates or they can create their own session. Hmm, interesting. So similarly, COP28 starts this week. What are some of the potential conversations that may come out of that event that you are interested in hearing, and how will GreenBiz be covering the event? GreenBiz is covering it. I'll start with the second one. GreenBiz is covering it in, I would say, more ways than I actually know, mm-hmm. um, because my focus is not from a journalist sure. perspective. I know we have one or two individuals going to COP just to, just to be there and attend meetings and participate, mm-hmm. and then we have journalists functioning in the virtual format as well. I can say personally from my perspective, what I'm interested to look at is the more global conversation that's supposed to happen around aviation and shipping, mm-hmm. maritime shipping. I think the road vehicle conversation at some point already has become too, too solved. And I'm putting that in quotes or quotation marks right now because the road conversation has already progressed to a point where it's not really, I think personally, is as worthy to discuss in a global context and COP. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of progress there. So I think aviation and maritime shipping conversations are going to be interesting. Uh, we'll be interested to see how the conversations kind of sway in X or Y direction, mm-hmm. given the focus of COP. So you've imparted some really great information on what you've seen grow and change over the past year, but I wanted to end by looking forward at 2024. Based on your conversations with your sources and experts looking at the EV sector, aviation, and sustainability issues within the larger transportation system, are there any topics that you think are going to be a bigger focus for companies next year? What do you think we're going to hear more of? And I know you've already said this is a shifting landscape, and that's a very broad question, but I'd love to get your thoughts. Yeah, I think companies right now are going to start focusing more on scope through transport emission decarbonization. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the end, they can, everyone can focus on it. If everyone does scope, focus on our scope one emissions, then everyone's scope threes will be solved. That's not happening. So people are, are increasingly focusing on our scope three emissions mm-hmm. to really push their suppliers their companies that are, that are working with them to really innovate and decarbonize as quickly as possible. So I think scope through decarbonization is where the conversation is going to focus. Great. Thanks for being here, Vartan. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.